Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. I've known Phil Mickelson back when he was at Arizona State in college. He played a little on the PGA Tour. In fact, he won the Tucson Open back when he was in college. So his success on the PGA Tour was a surprise to no one, and his induction into the Hall of Fame Uh, was well-deserved and something that I enjoyed going to. I attended that service because I I know Phil and I like him so much and I admire what he's done in his career and also what he's done for charity. After his third round at the PGA Championship at Harding Park, he went up and joined CBS's Jim Nance and Nick Faldo in the 18th Tower booth to do a little interview and maybe call some shots. And I think everybody was so surprised at how good Phil was with his analysis. Well, it didn't surprise me at all because I've been saying for the last five years of my broadcast career that the players I see next on the horizon who could be fantastic 18th hole analysts are Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods. If either of those guys wanted to do it, I think they'd be fantastic. Another guy is Jim Furyk. Now, maybe that surprises you to hear that, but Jim Furyk is not only funny, but he's very insightful and he's very bright. He understands a lot about the golf swing and certainly about strategy. He's a future Hall of Famer himself. And the other guy I think would be great is Zach Johnson, a two-time major championship winner himself. As we're seeing on the PGA Tour, it's dominated by long hitters. And one of the most impressive things about Zach Johnson's career is that he's not a long hitter, but he's been able to carve up a great career, maybe a Hall of Fame career, by being efficient with his game. Not a bomber off the tee, but great with his wedges and great with his short game. But Phil got up into the tower with Jim Nance and Faldo, and he called shots. He was insightful. He was funny. He had a lot of great comments. In fact, I read, I'm not sure if this is true, but a lot of times whenever a player or the host of a tournament comes up and does a quick interview, it's usually one segment and you're done. A segment being from commercial to commercial. But Phil stayed a couple of segments. And that only happens when the the producer-director team in the truck says, hey, he's good, keep him a little bit longer. And I think Phil stayed two or maybe even three segments, I can't remember, but was so good that it almost seemed like Faldo just took a back seat, wisely took a back seat. And that's what's got to happen. Whenever you bring a player up, a great player, a Hall of Fame player like Phil, to come up into the booth and talk about the golf course that he just played earlier that day, and to give you some insight as to how it's playing, which way the wind's blowing, the grain of the greens, the difficult putts, which way they're going to break. That's when you basically shut up and you stop talking and you defer to the player that has now become the analyst in the booth. So it was no surprise to me to see Phil up there doing such a great job because if he wants that in his future, I know he's got a lot of tournaments to play, but... If the day comes that he doesn't want to compete anymore and he wants to jump in the analyst chair, he's going to be good. It's a jungle in here and we are 
boys are fired up and making sure they show it They're rowdy and loud, not your usual crowd It's a jungle in here And we all know it I don't know if your body hurts like mine, but I look back over my PGA Tour career and I actually used to run two or three miles a day. I can't even imagine running today. I used to go to the gym. I used to lift weights. I used to, on the treadmill, on the elliptical, I was, I wouldn't say I was in every day, but I was in probably two or three times a week. Nowadays, these players have taken it to the, to the next level. They're in they're in the gym twice a day on competitive round days, which is which blows my mind. But now that I'm 65 years old, I've had a couple of hip replacements and a knee replacement and back surgery. I hope you can't relate to this, which would mean uh, you're, you're in, still in pretty good shape. But if you do relate to this, I've got to share with you something. My daughter, Kristen, who's a, who's a doctor, she told me that she heard of this new group popping up called Stretch Lab. And she said there was one up in Mount Kisco, New York, where, where she lives. So I decided to take a, uh, take a chance. I went up and I had an appointment. Well, I, I'm hooked. I have now been going to the stretch lab here in Portland, Oregon, as well as uh, in New York. And I go in a couple times a week and I get stretched. Now, obviously, we get stretched in the PGA Tour fitness van. And it's an essential thing. But these guys stretch me like I've, I've never stretched before. And as a result, I feel much better. I feel like I've got a little bit of a, a spring in my step. I feel like my golf game has gotten a little bit better. So the moral to this story is if your body hurts like mine, maybe start looking at doing more stretching, a little bit more intense work with, with a stretching technique or a stretching regimen I think it's going to surprise you. We all know it. You've been here before, you know what to do. Keep your head on straight, don't let them get to you. Put a smile on your face, get rid of that frown. Gotta suck it up, it's no time to melt down. Speaking of Phil Mickelson, a miscut at the Northern Trust knocked him out of the PGA Tour playoffs in search of the FedEx Cup. So what does he do? As a new 50-year-old, he decided to play in the Charles Schwab Series at Ozarks National up at Big Cedar Lodge. His first start on the PGA Tour champions. And a lot of people talked about it, but I don't think it got a lot of attention, probably because of what Dustin Johnson was doing at the Northern Trust, but Phil Mickelson, uh, he was the betting favorite heading into the tournament this week. And because of the COVID-19 crazy restart and so many tournaments being canceled, the Champions Tour put together this Charles Schwab series. First tournament ended on Friday, last Friday. It was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday tournament. And then this one is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So convenient for Phil. Well, what does he do? He goes out as the heavy favorite, and he makes 11 birdies with one bogey on a par 5, number 9, which is very uncharacteristic of Phil. But he opens with a birdie on 1. I'm looking at his card right now. Birdies 3, 4, 5, and 7, and then makes that bogey at 9. 
Makes a birdie at 11, and then birdies 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Makes a par at 18. That's a tough par 4. Dogleg right up the hill. Anyway, impressive start for Phil Mickelson on the PGA Tour champions. Scores go low there. As you can see by, by the leaderboard, David McKenzie shot a 9-under, and then there's three or four guys, Rocco Mediate, K.J. Choi, a new 50-year-old himself, Rod Pampling, and Tim Petrovic shot 7-under. So good scoring week up at the Big Cedar Lodge, led by Phil Mickelson. It'll be interesting to see how that tournament finishes up, and can Phil following Jim Furyk's footsteps when Jim won his first PGA Tour champion start a couple of weeks ago at the Ally Challenge. And while we're on the subject of the PGA Tour playoffs in search of the FedEx Cup, let's talk about what Dustin Johnson did last week up at the TPC in Boston in Norton, Mass. At the Northern Trust, the first leg of the PGA Tour playoffs, he shot 30 under par and won the event by 11 shots. Now, that that's kind of like Tiger Woods stuff, to dominate a field like that, the way Tiger used to, the way Jack Nicklaus used to. Dustin Johnson, I think there are probably only three or four guys on the tour right now with that kind of talent. Tiger is certainly one of them. Rory is another. But Dustin Johnson, if you look at him in person, you think he's a... He's an outside linebacker in the NFL, or he plays power forward for an NBA team. He looks like an athlete. He plays like an athlete. He's got power. He's got rhythm. And I think the knock on Dustin for such a long time was that maybe his wedge game and his putting wasn't up to the level of which it should be for a player of his caliber. But I can tell you it's there now. You don't shoot 30 under par at a PGA Tour event for 72 holes and have a weakness in your game. Certainly, Dustin Johnson doesn't have any weaknesses. Interesting, too, how people have been kind of picking on Dustin, saying, well, he's not closing out the wins like he should. He's only won one major, which was the U.S. Open a couple years ago at Oakmont. And there's been a little bit of a uh, kind of a a back and forth with his buddy Brooks Kepka that Brooks has won a bunch of majors, Dustin's only won one. But as Rory put it so perfectly, Look, Dustin Johnson has won over 20 tournaments on the PGA Tour. I think this was his 22nd win on the PGA Tour. That is a dominating career. Not a lot of players win 20 tournaments or more. And that's why the PGA Tour has a designation of a lifetime membership to the PGA Tour for anybody that wins 20 tournaments or more on the PGA Tour in their career because it is an incredible feat to do that in your career. And Dustin Johnson, just, I think, 10 or 11, maybe 12 years into his career, that's just that's just amazing. I was watching the scores and watching the telecast last week and just couldn't believe he was going lower, lower, <laughs> all the way to 30 under par. That golf course is not that easy. I know I was part of the NBC crew when we did the, the Deutsche Bank as part of the FedEx Cup playoffs for about four or five years. It's a really good course, some really tough holes. So congratulations to Dustin Johnson on an incredible performance. You've been here before, you know what to do. Keep your head on straight, don't let them get to you. 
I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, and I'm a proud University of Oregon duck, and I love being from the Pacific Northwest. But when all three of my children went east for college, I knew I needed to change things up. I wanted to get back into their same time zone. So after an extensive search, my wife and I ended up in the Naples, Florida area. But I wished I'd had Golf Life Navigators to help me make that decision. Golf Life Navigators is like Match.com meets Zillow. It's the only place you can go to uncover your ideal golf lifestyle. So go to GolfLifeNavigators.com and fill out the ProGuide 3 questionnaire. It will ask you all the pertinent questions like, where do you want to live? Or how do you want to experience your golf? Then it matches you to golf clubs and you get to choose which one has the best environment for you. Look, I, I really don't understand the internet or how it works, but it's so easy even I can figure this out. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. The fans are fired up, making sure they show it. They're rowdy and loud, not your usual crowd. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. One of the reasons we all play golf is because we love to dream. We love to think about winning the U.S. Open or the Masters or winning our club championship or just or winning anything. And that's why we practice. That's why we hit so many balls and why we get fit for the right set of clubs and we work on our swing weights and loft and lie in the right shafts. That's why I love the book Golf in the Kingdom by Michael Murphy. It was written, oh my gosh, maybe 40 or 50 years ago. And it's always been my Bible and really the definition of why I love golf so much. It's all about chasing the dream and trying to peak perform. Well, if you were watching Golf Channel this past weekend and NBC, you saw what happens when dreams come true. A young woman by the name of Sophia Popoff, who's a, a German-American dual citizen. She lives in Arizona. She's 27 years old. She... She was part of the NCAA championship team at USC, I think back in 2013. But she's been playing. She hasn't been able to get her LPGA Tour card. She's been playing a lot on the Cactus Tour and having some really good success. But it was pretty unlikely for her to end up at the Women's British Open at Royal Troon, one of the, one of the gems in the world of golf. She played well on Thursday and Friday, got into contention, and then just walked it home on the weekend. I watched her finish the last six or seven holes. She's got a beautiful swing. She looked like she was a multiple major championship winner with the way that she performed coming down the stretch. She kept knocking the flags out of the cup. She was knocking in clutch putts and really only on 18 when she knew that she could make, I think, triple bogey and still win. Did she leave her second shot? short she putted it just to the middle of the green two putted for a bogey and one by two so congratulations to Sophia we all remember Carl Bill Murray in the in the movie Caddyshack when he talked about the Cinderella story about to win the Masters Sophia Popoff definitely a Cinderella story and the definition of why we play this game because we all want a dream and you just never know when that dream will come true well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours? <laughs>